what I would say, um, Stella, is there's two words that we've come across um, as financial uh, professionals quite often, and that's tax evasion versus tax avoidance. Mm. Can you describe the difference between the two and go into a bit more detail as to how we can do one or how we can avoid doing the other? You know, I think um, it, I get asked this a lot and it's, to be honest, is it, it can be quite blurred um, and I will kind of make it, try and make it as simple as possible. So tax evasion is when you basically you deliberately um, avoid paying tax. So for what I just described now, so say for example, you have a side hustle, you're making more than a thousand pounds and you're operating and you haven't registered with um, HMRC or you haven't set up a company or anything like that, that is tax evasion. You're deliberately making income and you have not declared it. That is tax evasion. Um, so one, one of the things I do harp on about is ensuring that you are registering at the right time is because that if you ever did, um, you know, get caught by HMRC and things like that, because they can request PayPal accounts, whatever, whatever it is, um, that would be a criminal offence. That is seen as a criminal offence. Whereas tax avoidance, say if, for example, you've... Um, you know, you registered, you set up a business or whatever it is, and you submitted your accounts and they do an inquiry into it because they feel that you may have paid less tax than you should have, should have. That is normally um, gone in as a civil investigation and that's more along the lines of tax avoidance. So the examples um, of tax avoidance is almost like, it's kind of, they describe it as it's something that you're kind of doing legally but it's to reduce your um, tax liability. But HMRC, if they feel that you still kind of should have paid more tax, they won't like they won't prosecute you for it. It's not criminal, but they will say to you, "Can you pay back the tax?" And also, they may fine you if they if you're seen to have done something wrong. So, I'll give a few examples. So, um. One example, so when I, as I mentioned, I worked in the Ford Investigation Service, so my role was an advising accountant. So what I would do is that if these cases came to me, I would assess the accounting treatment. So there may be a number of different accounting policies that people may apply to reduce their tax. So a basic one, and um, let me know if this kind of makes sense, is if you have, um, say, for example, you have people that owe you on your balance sheet, so um, debtors. So yeah. that could be anyone and customers that are still owing you. You've done the service and they're still owing you. Yeah. Everyone has, um, sometimes you have people that don't end up paying you, you know? They may not pay, they may pay you a deposit and they haven't paid you the rest of you've done it. So you can write that off as a bad debt. Now, if you write that off as a bad debt, that then reduces, um, your taxable income and then you can that would then as a um, result reduce your tax liability yeah what some people now do is um they will write off a lot more than that is actually allowed that yeah. makes sense. so that is so that would be so um what hmrc would do in that situation is they may say, okay, you've said, so say for example, you know, I've done services for both um, Peter and Jax, 
And I said that um, I don't believe that Jax um, is going to pay me the 400%. I think he's only going to pay me 20%. So I'm, I'm writing off um, 80% um, of that. They would say, prove to me that Jax has not paid you or he's not going to pay you. So I may say, oh, Jax Financial has gone into liquidation, so I'm not going to get the rest of the money. And if I... Repeat me in Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so then if you prove it, that's fine. If you can't prove it, then they're saying pay the extra tax. But as I said, the worst case scenario is that you pay the extra tax. So that's one, that's one example. Another example is, I don't know, do you guys know about IR35? Do you know much about what that is? Because I used to work in contracting um, and I heard this thing was coming, it, was, it really did put me off. Um, yeah. yeah. Actually, just, just to pause you there, Stella, um, you know, I, I can't help myself when it comes to investing, so I have to say something. Um, for those that follow me um, on, on, on Jack's Financial or have followed us on World Finance when we talk about investing, we haven't spoken much about financial statements. But actually, I always tell people, when you're looking at financial statements when you're investing, what Stella just described is why we don't pay too much attention to the net income because the net income can be manipulated as Stella has just um, described. So just wanted to throw that out there for any investors. That's the reason why I personally focus much more on free cash flow. Anyway, I couldn't help myself. Back to <laughs> no, I think that, that's very relevant. That's good. It's a good um, point to mention. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, Stella, you were talking about IR35. Okay, yeah. So, a lot of people may have heard that this IR35 is coming into, like, coming into effect in the private sector. And essentially, what it, um, what it is, is this IR35 was put in to, um, to basically crack down on tax avoidance. And simply, this is what it is. So you've got contractors, you've got someone that maybe, for example, um, I work as an accountant, I'm full-time employed. I have someone sitting next to me, but they're a contractor. We're doing exactly the same job. That contractor more, um, more than likely have have their own limited company. So as I mentioned before, their sole um, director of their older company. So they they all immediately benefit from paying less tax because they've done it through the company structure. So they've probably taken advantage of um, the tax, the various tax free allowances, the dividend allowances, the lower tax rates and so forth. But as an employee, me myself, I, um, I'm paying income at the higher tax bracket and things like that. So they will see that as tax avoidance because you're both doing exactly the same job. You're doing the same role. They believe that the contractor should be paying the same amount as myself. And that hasn't, that, that's not happening in a lot of cases. So that is seen as tax avoidance. So it's not illegal. It's a legal way of doing it. It's a legal way of doing it. But HMRC are like, no, we want you to pay the right tax. So what they've done, they've placed this new legislation from next year that you have to either um, prove, and I say it's new, it's new, it's not really new, but they put new measures in, in the private sector, where now organisations, before they contract with a contractor, that contractor has to either prove that they're paying themselves in a similar rate as um, an employee, or they want um, that contract has to go through an umbrella company, so they almost have to be salaried, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. absolutely. But, uh, one thing I wanted to add, actually, 
is, um, and I say this now because I know a lot of people have been going through, they've had this issue. A lot of people used to go through, um, well, they still do, they went through the umbrella company um, kind of route. And umbrella companies basically sort of like, um, I don't know the best way to describe it. They're kind of basically an umbrella company, a company that you then are almost like an agent. They're like your agency. So your payslip will be from the umbrella company. So it's almost like... Like, like you work for them? Yes, but you don't like actually work for them. Is, so is it, is it almost like you're employed by the umbrella company, the way it's structured? Yes. Exactly. That's how it makes yeah, so that makes sense. So yeah, so basically you're almost like you're employed by the umbrella company, but you don't actually work for the umbrella company. You will still mm. be contracted out to work for whatever organization it is, if that makes sense. It's basically like an agency, yeah. So but what they what a lot of umbrella companies were doing in the past was like they were getting all these contracts on board and saying, Oh yeah, do you know what? Come on board and you know, we will help you pay less tax. And some people, some people thought, okay, how does that work? You know, I'm on your payroll, I have to pay income tax like a normal employee. But what they were doing, they were getting these um, contractors involved in these different types of contracts, and it involved, um, I don't know what the best, involved them basically contracting into a special loan agreement. So what would happen is that um, the individual it will look like the individual being paid a loan. So it hasn't, it's not income. It's not their salary. It's a loan. But okay. this loan was never repayable. Does that make sense? Yeah. Stella, what you're giving us is pure education. Like, I feel like I'm going to listen to this podcast at least five times over. I'm just going to, yeah, likewise. Absolutely. Really, really useful. And, and, and I know for a, a lot of our listeners, some of this information might be new information. But the great thing about this being a podcast is you can stop play and play again so please please do to our listeners do the usual and as we've said many times continue liking and subscribing and sharing um stella really 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 appreciate the gems that you're dropping um just touched on something uh, not too long ago about um investing and stella would be good to get your thoughts on this um but i'm gonna go to just quickly you mentioned stuff around investing just because you couldn't help yourself but um when it comes to tax um and this might be linking a bit to tax avoidance actually um what are some of the things that i guess everyday investors when i say investor i mean stock shares etc um should be aware of yeah, so um, like Stella was talking about, um, you know, tax evasion is, is illegal, right? Mm-hmm. It's a criminal act. Um, tax avoidance, um, depending on how you do it, what Stella was talking about is a bit different. But when it comes to tax avoidance in um, investing, it's about looking for tax-efficient wrappers or tax-efficient investment accounts. So, for example, you've probably heard of a stocks and shares ISA. ISA stands for Individual Savings Account. And essentially, you can deposit up to £20,000 across multiple ISAs. But let's just stick with the stocks and shares ISA for this example. And basically, any money that you make um, is, is, is not subject to tax. It's still tax-free when it comes to dividends or capital appreciation. Okay? So it is something that investors should be taking advantage of um, when it comes to investing. You've also got the most tax-efficient investment account, which I think is, is the case, which is pensions. We spoke about pensions quite a bit on this podcast. But again, it is the most tax-efficient investment account. Um, so you can put money in and then you get your tax breaks. Especially if you are a higher-rate taxpayer or an additional-rate taxpayer, you most definitely want to take advantage of pension tax allowances. 
Um, and yeah, those are the main two. There's other ways and there's other things we can talk about, but those are the two that you really want to consider. And if you decide to invest outside of these tax-efficient investment accounts, then you are subject to tax. Um, dividend tax, of course, when you invest in companies that pay dividends, if you earn over a certain threshold, Stella mentioned it before, it's £2,000. If you earn above this threshold, then you have to start paying tax. And the amount of tax you pay is down to you as what kind of um, bracket you fit into. Similarly, if you invest in a standard investment account um, and you make some capital appreciation, you're also subject to capital gains tax. Again, we have allowances. I believe it's £12,300. So if you earn above this within a tax period, you have to pay tax, okay? What I would say is really important, and it ties in with everything we're discussing with Stella, is if you are someone who's on a journey to build wealth, you probably have a combination of different things, right? You may have, I always tell people, you know, if you want to build wealth, just three things, business, real estate, investments, or when I say investments, I'm talking about paper assets. If you have all three, you have to be very aware of what you're doing. I would suggest getting an accountant, but you have to be aware that if you are someone who is, for example, um, managing multiple businesses and you've registered it as a limited business, for example, and then you pull out the £2,000 dividend allowance that Stella said, that allowance is gone. And so if you then go and invest in a normal general investment account and you invest in other companies that also pay dividends, you have to remember that you don't have the dividend allowance anymore. And so all those dividends are subject to tax, right? And that's why I say it's very, very important. You know, if all those people that are listening to our podcast today, we push you, we encourage you to own businesses, own real estate, invest in paper assets, but you have to do it properly. You have to understand tax. You don't want to evade tax because it is illegal. Um, which is why it's such an important discussion that we're having um, here with uh, Stella on this as well. So definitely thank you very much for that, uh, Jax. And um, Stella, just um, head back to you. Did you have anything to add to that? No, I was just going to say, like, totally echo everything um, that Jax has said. And I think um, the, the key thing is tax planning and um, mm-hmm. all the, the um, different kind of tax allowances that um, Jax has just mentioned, all of those would not be considered tax avoidance because... Um, as Jack mentioned, they're tax efficient um, ways of you kind of managing your um, income from your um, your investments. And HMRC cannot penalise you for making use of all the allowances that they've given you. So that is tax planning. So sometimes some people, you know, they kind of think, oh, is that the right thing to do? Um, as I mentioned before, um, tax avoidance usually comes in the form of different types of schemes, like as I said you know, these loans or offshore kind of accounts mm. and things like that, those are the things will, that will be kind of considered as tax avoidance. If you're using um, the relevant tax relief that are available to you, that is perfectly fine. Mm. Um, but tax planning is really important, especially when you've got multiple streams of income. Which is what we aspire for. Yes, Absolutely. Uh, really, really excited. I think so. I could just imagine, you know, so many people obviously getting out there, trying to generate multiple uh, streams of income, if it's through their jobs, investing, uh, setting up exciting businesses that I always hear when I'm speaking to people of all ages, different journeys. So this is so important to really get in you, you, everything in order as well. It's, it's great you're having fun um, and, and providing a service um, or a product to people. But it's so important you get this bit 
right and seek advice if you're if you have no idea where to start absolutely absolutely and and Stella, you mentioned you know um it's not it's not just about saying oh i need an accountant you can actually book a consulting session with an accountant you can kind of talk you through certain things and then you can make a decision as to whether you actually need an accountant or not um if you're someone like myself who likes to outsource, I love to outsource. Um, I'm way too busy. Um, I like to kind of put aces in their spaces. And so I like to have an accountant regardless, even though I can probably do my own self-assessments and that kind of stuff. Um, but I would encourage every single person to speak to an accountant. I would, I would, I would recommend Stella, um, a good friend of mine. She's an amazing person, amazing personality. Um, definitely get in touch with her. Um, uh, you know, especially if you're just starting out, I think Sela is amazing for those kind of people. So, Sela, make sure you do push your business. Um, I think you're doing an amazing job. Uh, on, on that, actually, Stella, where can uh, we actually find you? Okay, yeah. So, um, I'm, I've got Instagram. So, my um, Instagram is underscore account star. Um, you can also email me at admin at accountstar.co.uk or you can visit the website, which is www.accountstar.co.uk. So, um, yes, you can book. Um, I do a free 50-minute discovery call, and obviously you can talk through whatever it is that you need help with, and then we can. I will decide whether or not, you know, do you need a full consultation or you just don't need anything for now or what you may need in the future. And, yeah, you can go from there. Fantastic. Please, please, all, if you think what you've heard has added value to your life, do uh, check that out and also share this with someone else um, that you think it might add value. Um, really, really um, massive uh, thank you very much for that, uh, Stella. Now, um, I've heard a couple of words um, over the course of the podcast, um, but before that, you know, it's been great just talking really getting to understand the importance of what you need to do when it comes to tax, when you've got multiple streams of income or trying to uh, set up uh, businesses um, and what you need to do around that. It's been really useful, um, you know, for, for those that are yet, regist- uh, yet to register um, those really golden nuggets uh, that you dropped there. So really thank you very much for that. Um, I've heard one or two um, words that would be good to maybe just get into a bit more about um, these. And that's, I guess, uh, VAT, VAT, and income tax, I guess as an employee or self-employed. It'll be good to get your thoughts around that, what that is, and why it might be important for an individual as well. Okay. Um, yeah, that's, I think that's a um, good point. So I will start off with um, um, VAT, and I'll just quickly just go through that. So VAT is value... Um, added tax and um, a lot of people do ask me when they're starting out um, a business whether or not they should register for VAT and um, so for um, VAT is value added tax so um, what I normally would say to people is first and foremost are you going to hit the threshold so there's a VAT threshold if you make if you have a turnover I think it's maybe 85,000 now um, if you've got a turnover over 85,000, you have to register your business for VAT. Mm. And um, you can register for VAT as a sole trader or um, a limited company. People, A lot of people think it's only companies you can do as a sole trader if you hit that threshold. The key thing that I would tell people to consider is some people decide to voluntarily register for VAT. And the main reason is because you can reclaim any VAT 
that you spend on any purchases that you make for your um, business. So if you have a business where you're making, you're purchasing quite large amounts of equipment and you're charging a lot of VAT, the VAT rate is 20%, mm. um, you can actually reclaim that money back. Um, so that's why some people will decide to register for VAT before um, they actually hit the threshold. But the thing that you have to consider is that once you're registered for VAT, you must now charge VAT on your services. So you would then need to decide, is that beneficial for your customers? Who are you serving? And the reason why I say that is because, let's for, say for example, Jax and I are both offering consultations of similar kind of things, but Jax um, charges £100 and then I have to now charge you £120 because I have to um, um, charge you VAT, which as most individuals, you won't be VAT registered, so you have to pay the £420. And, you know, it may seem, seem little, but for some people that might be a big difference as to who they decide to um, use your, like, who they decide to go for services. So have a think about if you decide to register for that before you need to as a business, then how is it going to impact um you know, your customers, your consumers, is it yeah. going to be a big impact? If you're selling low value items, maybe it may not be, um, I mean, sorry, if you're selling quite large value items, then it can be a big difference. Sometimes low value items may not be a big difference, but how much is it, is it going to impact? Um, but, I keep, but another thing I need to mention as well mm. is that it also really depends on what services you um, sort of offer. Most of like people's side businesses and side hustles will, um, businesses that attract um, VAT mm. but if for example you you know there's a lot of people nowadays that are opening up like um, residential homes for young people like care homes and independent homes mm-hmm. and because that is a care service that service is actually an exempt service okay mm. so that means that actually that organization doesn't have to register for VAT even if they hit the threshold because it's an exempt services. And so there's some services, you go on the HMRC website, they've got a long list of services that are um, exempt. And there's a difference between exempt and um, services that are not percent. And the reason why I say that is because exempt means that they do not attract VAT, they don't even fall with, like, within kind of like, you know, the VAT world. Not um, percent means that the government believed that this, you know, normally would be a valuable service, but they said that it should be 0% for whatever it is. And um, example would be, if I remember off head, like, I believe if you're selling something like kids' books or toys or things like that, or magazines or things like that, publications, they may have, like, I think it's a 0% fat rate. So um, with those um, organisations, technically you still would have to register that piece of valuable service, even mm. though it's 0%. So um, I hope that makes does I hope that makes sense and that kind of like clears up like the main kind of points around VAT and what to think about. Really good, really good explanation. Really, really good. Um, I remember when I first started um, doing contracting services, I was versus was VAT, and then when the business changed a bit, where I'm providing much more lower uh, value items, and yeah, what you said is absolutely true. The difference between um, charging someone £100 for a service and £120 per service could mean they may not use your service. So it's something you really have to consider. Um, so thank you very much. That was a very good explanation. Good, good. Um, 
okay and i think the next thing you said i should talk about was um, uh, yeah income tax isn't it for yeah. okay so we talked a little bit about it before but i would talk about it from an employee um, perspective the reason why i say that is because i think that you know normally when it comes to um tax um people always look at it from you know a business perspective and that's understandable but as an employee obviously um we we pay tax and one of the things the beauty of it is that it just comes out of your paycheck and you don't think about it you just know you've got to pay the tax man you look at your net figure and you see all these deductions but with anything you know sometimes hmrc can make errors or your organization can make errors meaning that you may pay more or less tax and sometimes you know some of us have been fortunate to get a tax refund and some of us have been unfortunate to get a letter saying you've underpaid tax so one of the things that one of the key things i would say people to um to look out for is what your tax code is on your payslip um so how it works is that as i mentioned earlier each individual has a tax free allowance personal allowance um of 12,500 and that 12,500 normally makes up your tax code so you will see in your payslip a tax code of 125l so if you are in a tax code of 125L, then that normally means that in most circumstances, you, you are on the right tax code and you're paying the right tax. If, for example, for any reason, that number is different, then you would normally have been sent a letter or some sort of information as to why that is. If you don't remember receiving any letters from HMRC, then you should call them up and ensure that you're on the right tax code. So the instances where your tax code could change is if, for example, you underpaid or overpaid tax. And sometimes you think, how does that work if I'm an employee? So if you've got, um, so some people um, are lucky enough to get all these benefits from work. And if you get um, benefits, some benefits from work, some of those benefits can be taxable. And what that means is that you, you're liable to pay tax on it. The reason why I say this is important is because Say, for example, you, your company has, is your tax, tax benefit of a company car. You think, okay, this is fine, you know, you know, I've got the company car and whatever it is, but they always assume that you're going to use part of it for private use, and they will do a calculation on that, and you not, don't always have a say as to what it is, they may just do a calculation on that. You also will, you know, all your expenses when it comes to petrol, you spreads that to the company but what you may not always realize is that they're adding all of this as a benefit in kind and it goes on to something called a p11d so if you've got taxable benefits you'll get a p11d the issue with this is that p11d is submitted at the end of a tax year so that would mean that in that year you may not pay tax tax on that amount and you have to pay in the following year i had a client well I say he's a client because he's an employee, but he had to come to me because he got a fat tax bill, but he had to pay back loads of tax and it was because of this company benefit. And they were annoyed, him and his partner were annoyed because they were like, had they have known, they would have just bought their own car. The tax they had to pay back was something ridiculous, like five or six grand or something like that. And so, it's, so you have to kind of understand um, that some, some benefits from your company um, are taxable. 
And a company card is one of those examples. There are other benefits out of passive one. It might be smaller ones, so it may not be a big difference. But in a case like that, so either they will tell you to pay back the tax or they will adjust your tax code. If it's something around the five, seven grand mark, then unfortunately they will tell you to pay it back and they'll, you have to kind of do a payment plan or something like that if you can't afford to do it. If it's not that much of a big difference, like sometimes you may get um, like discounted private healthcare, things like that, and they may adjust your tax code slightly um, so that it's taken out of your pay. Um, and similarly, if you overpay tax, sometimes for benefiting clients, they estimate a lot what they think you're going to pay for the um, following year. But once they've done that calculation, it may be that you um, overpay tax and sometimes they won't give you a refund. They may just change your tax code so that in the future year, you pay less tax in that tax year. So those are the things to be um, careful of. Another common one would be if you've got... Um, if you've got kids and you claim um, child, um, child benefit, tax credits, um, that is something to be careful of if you are a higher um, rate taxpayer. Mm -hmm. So, so um, if for the listeners that have kids, you may be claiming this, but if you or your partner starts making over 50K, you start getting taxed on that amount. Once you re once your income is sixty k, you may as well not claim um, um, the child tax benefit because you would end up having to pay everything back. And mm -hmm. I've had people that have been stung with that as well. Um, it normally, in times you get stung with it, if for example you change roles and you're you know you're no, you, you're used to receiving your um, the child um, tax credit from the government, you change your role, you're making over sixty k, and now they're saying that you have to pay that um, pay that back. So. Those are the main things I would say, you know, just kind of, you know, look at your tax code. If you're not sure about it, ask your employer. Mm. And when you're changing roles as well, um, ensure that the correct forms are sent off um, to ensure that, you know, your new employer gets um, the right tax code for you. Sometimes um, a lot of people talk about, oh, I'm on emergency tax, and that's, you get the BR tax code, and that's basic rate, meaning that your tax straight at 20% and they haven't taken into account your um, 12,500 tax free allowance. With that, you know, you you know, you get a nice tax um, rebate, but sometimes you just don't want to pay the extra tax, you just want to pay the right tax at that point in time. So mm. that is um, something else to consider. Yes. That, that, that's really good. And that's, for me, that's a, um, as a reminder to be checking my um, bank statements, well, not my bank statements, my, um, and my pay slips more often because mm. I've got a bad habit of not checking. Why? Because every time I check my pay slip and I see how much I've been taxed, I almost want to yeah. cry. And, <laughs> and also how much you're being paid is student loan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, and, and, and to be fair, there is times where I've not been as prudent as, as I probably should be where my tax mm. code has changed, but I've just said, whatever the weather, let these people do whatever they want to do. <laughs> So yeah, it's very, very important for us to be really paying attention to our tax codes and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Likewise, absolutely. And Stella, one final thing before we, we, we let you go, actually. Um, you mentioned before uh, self-assessment form. Can you talk to us a bit more um, about what that is, um, who needs to do one? Because not everyone may know that they need to do one. And how do we actually know if we have to do one? Do we just get a letter saying that you have to fill in this form? <laughs> I think, I think, no, do you know what? I think it's a really it's a really good question. The reason why I say that is because okay, so generally, um, if you're a sole trader and you're self-employed, 
um, that's the main, that's the form that you have to submit to declare that, um, you know, you're a sole trader and to show what taxes, um, what income and expenses you've made and the tax you have to pay on that. So with a self-assessment, um, it's based on um, a tax year. So it's from April to April. And um, in fact, actually, um, the next the one, April just gone, 2020, the tax return will be due on the 31st of January. Um, and it's something you, you can do yourself. Um, you can get someone to do it or um, small plug. I've got an online course that I designed that takes people step by step of how to complete their own tax return. Um, it's on our website and it's currently priced at £47. Um, That's so, so keep it. So Pardon? That's really, really cheap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah, because you can keep it, you can, you know, um, pause it and things like that. And obviously, yeah. I drop in a few gems in there as I do as well in terms of like, yeah. you know, what you need to do. So, um, so as I said, the main people that would be normally expected to do it is um, um, people that are self employed. The other instances where you may have to do it, kind of like what I lead to, lead you to earlier, if for whatever reason um, you're, um, you've got child tax credit and you're in a higher tax rate, then you would have to complete one as well. And um, HMRC will send you a notification saying, we believe that you need to submit a tax return mm. and you have to um, submit it. Um, also, if you are a director um, of a company, um, you would normally um, submit that to number one, declare, um, the main thing is to declare what dividends that you paid yourself um, as a um, director. And um, essentially, it's used to declare any income that you have made as an individual. Mm. Um, the only time you don't, and you haven't paid, you haven't yet paid tax on that. The only time you don't have to do that, as I said, is kind of like if you're if you're an employee. Most employees would not have to submit it unless, for example, there was, there's another reason. For example, as I mentioned before, um, having child tax credit or something like that, or if um, you've had benefits that you have not paid um, tax on and things like that. So that's the main times. Um, as I said, HMRC should normally um, send you um, a notification to submit your tax return. So you should know when you need to submit it. Wow. This, wow. Is better. this has been absolutely amazing. Um, and, and Jatsa, I'm sure you're in, in agreement of how oh. useful this has been just for even us to, um, let alone, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are going to be really starting to implement what's gone on um, today in this discussion. So just want to thank you so much for your time and, and, and being on, on, on this episode today. Yeah, I mean, look, Stella, I mean, as you was talking, I was just thinking to myself, do people, do our listeners know how much value they're actually getting mm. from a podcast, like for free? This is stuff that people pay for. This is stuff that people pay for. It's so much value. It's one of those podcasts that I think every one of our listeners needs to listen to more than once, maybe more than twice, to really understand what Stella's been saying and because it's extremely important for um, your journey. What I would say is here at World Finance, we don't believe in evading tax okay um, make sure you do pay your taxes paying your taxes are a good thing guys they go to good causes um, but of course if you can find intelligent ways to avoid paying tax that means you can have additional income which can help you build 
um, your wealth and even donate to your own charities and your own good causes, then you should be doing those things as well. But of course, it's all about the mindset, guys. Make sure you fix the mind first before anything else. Yeah. So, uh, I've enjoyed it. And as you was talking, my, my nerdy kind of um, spider senses were just tingling. I was just saying to myself, man, I, I think I should have done an accountancy course, maybe. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe I should do the rules of the ACCA. Yeah. <laughs> or is, is, you know, maybe a, a qualification that focuses purely on tax because I think tax is a very, very interesting subject. Yeah. But thank you so very much, Stella. I've really, really enjoyed it. And and on that, uh, Stella, actually, because um, I, as, as I said on, at the beginning, um, t- tax is something that we, so, well, I'm, I'm probably speaking, I don't know if I'm just speaking for myself, but tax is something we don't really want to think about. We just want to go out and do our businesses and go about our business, I guess. What's your final, um, I guess, tips on, I don't even know, keep, keeping it fun, interesting, but just making sure people actually prioritize um this as part of their journey um do you know what i think the simple thing is if you don't know art and Mm. as jackson said like you know this things like this this podcast this platform gives you a lot of information for free um hmrc website um there's a lot of information on it but it's not as user friendly as it should be um follow different platforms um on instagram as well but i think the key thing is invest in the consultation speak to someone get proper advice because that you can look at all these things all these um, sources and sometimes it may not help you it's better for you to speak to someone like myself and you know have a personalized conversation about what you need to do um, and at least that will just put your mind at rest because sometimes you, as i said you, you know there may be something that you need to do right now. Maybe there isn't. But if you don't know, then you could be at the risk of having a really good business and it kind of like coming to an end because of, you know, fines or the stress of, you know, not knowing how to handle things. So just if you don't know art, like... Mm-hmm. Get, get, get yourself an accountant. <laughs> just yeah, get literally. Accountant. I mean, yeah, it's like get yourself an accountant. Like speak to an accountant, you know, book a service, like, you know, invest in your business invest in yourself it's, a, it's an investment honestly like mm. it's not worth um the hassle and the stress um and i just think we're in a world we're in a time where lots of people are using all their gifts and their talents use it and pay other people <laughs> to do the things that you don't want to do i just think <laughs> that's so important that's what you should do so yep. Fantastic. Cool. So we're going to let you go, but, you know, we're very grateful um, to have you here. And I'm sure definitely welcome you um, on the show another time if you're up for it as well. And what's next for you, Stella, in in terms of your journey? Oh, that's a good question. Um, (laughs) It's a good question because it's always like, you know, I always pick it and do. what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I think, so, um, obviously, eventually, at some point, you know, I will go full-time working for myself. Um, not yet. The only reason why I say that is because I'm still um, gaining a lot of knowledge and experience from where, where I work. And as I said, I've been fortunate to work in the government, so I'm gaining a lot of experience that I can pass on to others um, and help other organisations. Um, next year, I'm going to focus on doing a lot more kind of, like, finding financial education products for people Mm. um, because that I am aware that you know as I mentioned before 
some people, you know, they may not need an account service straight away, but I, I'm going to start doing like a lot more online courses, um, webinars. And I think this year has shown that online is like, you know, a good place to be now. You can do a lot of things online. So I'm going to definitely take advantage of that next year. And also, you know, um, as I mentioned before, I've got other businesses. So I've got a social enterprise that uh, focuses on helping people from underserved backgrounds. So that's normally um, black um people and help them get into like the create like a good career like a lot of us graduated and some of our peers didn't get into the roles they wanted to at the right time or they still haven't got into there so, so that's something i'm focusing on um next year as well as um our hair business as well so i'm going to focus on taking it to the next um level so yeah I'm, it's gonna be a busy year <laughs> this year has been busy i think absolutely and um in, in due time we're going to be running a number of um series or episodes around entrepreneurism and just getting people to talk more about their businesses in particular and we'll definitely be inviting you at a later time to talk thank more you. about those businesses you're involved in but yeah thank you very much for your time now um we're looking forward to speaking to you again to all of our listeners, thank you very much for tuning in as ever. If you've liked what you heard, do check out Account Star. Um, check them out on their social medias. Like, subscribe, share. And the usual, same here over with Woke Finance. Do what you need to do. Keep supporting us. Um, and yeah, man, we'll see you un- at the next time. Stella, until the next time, and remember all. Yeah, well. Stay woke.